This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. And I say trash, trash. Tell Washington football they are trash, trash. And ain't going nowhere. And I say trash, trash. Tell the New York Giants they are trash, trash. And ain't going nowhere. It's Mr. Van Pugh. And I'm here to tell you that your teams are trash. And I'm sitting up here watching Washington football team and the New York Giants. Why am I watching this? This is a terrible game. And Jake Fromm literally, he literally just fumbled. He, bruh, he did one of them things where you try to throw the ball and the ball slips out of your hands. That is just, look at that. That is terrible. The Giants offense has been trash all game long, except for last drive. But this drive, that ball slipped out of his hands. And they gave the ball up. Man, I'm mad my remote is all the way across the room right now. I'm pissed. I literally, I I might have to get it because this is just bad. This is bad. This is really, really bad. (laughs) In the words of Stephen A. Smith. No, real talk, man. These guys are garbage. I don't know how the Eagles almost lost to Washington. I don't know how the Eagles lost to the Giants. Oh, my goodness. But, hey, other than that, man, it's good to be back on the mic after maybe, uh, I don't know, a week and a half or so off going through a dispute with Lyft about an accident and all that stuff. And I was getting a new used car and just a lot going on. And also, I I stepped on my mic or my old mic. And so I was like, I'm not about to just sit there and hold this mic the whole time. So I just got another one. This one came in on January 7th, but I'm just getting on the mic here on the 9th because, you know, I'm lazy and I be procrastinating. Well, I'm not that lazy, but I do be procrastinating. But I'm finally on the mic. And look, the Giants, Giants about to give up another touchdown. Trash. Just garbage. They about to give up another touchdown. <laughs> they garbage. They need a whole rebuild, bro. Especially on offense. Mm. Anyway, you know, I'm sad, man. I'm sad. Because Feminista Jones. You, you know, you know, Feminista Jones, if you listen to the show enough, you know, I used to do the Crush's favorite poll, my version of the CFP. And she was number one, like, for two or three episodes, maybe four. But yeah, so I really like pretty much. She said, I I decided to look at her IG live. She went live on IG. I decided to, you know, to, um, I decided to, uh, turn on her IG live while I was playing Madden. And one of the first things she says is, I can't stand Bama's with podcasts about sports ball and women. Game over. Oh, man. What? Well, I guess it's a wrap for guys like me. I guess she don't really like guys like me. It's fine. I It is what it is. <laughs> you know, but I'm sad. You know what, man? 
I might just have to give it up, you know. If girls like her don't like podcasts like this, like, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? What am I doing this for? It's like, nah, man, I don't, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I have too much fun making this podcast. I'm going to keep making this podcast till I either lose interest, which I doubt, or, you know, I just don't have time anymore. Like, it's just, I love making this show. And, you know, if people like her don't like it, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> But you know, it, it does it does still suck though. It's it does still suck that you know a woman like that would hate a podcast like this. But you know, I I should have expected that from Feminista Jones because in another um IG live she said she basically said basketball was dumb. He just running around throwing a ball into a hoop. If you look at it, it just all depends on how you look at things. If you look at it in that simplistic of a manner, then sure. But a lot of stuff we do, if you look at it in a simplistic, conceptual manner, then none of it really makes sense. (laughs) But whatever, you're going to like what you like. So the only reason I think she kind of said that she'll probably she even would say people are going to like what they like. Um, the only reason she even said that because, you know, she was mad about the fresh and fit podcast, which, yeah, their, their latest controversy, uh, she was mad about that. So she went on a whole IG live rant about that and, um, guys like them apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't even pay attention to Fresh and Fit, to be honest, man. I know Abra and Preach is on them, and O'Shea Duke Jackson makes videos about them. They say some controversial stuff. They do some controversial stuff, but I don't really pay attention to them. I just know they got people in their feelings, and it just is what it is. But, hey, hey, the Browns are winning. Hey, with no Baker. Um, Am I going to get to Baker in this podcast? Yes, I will. Very, very, very soon. Don't worry. But I must tell you, it's 2022. You should have respected the bird. No organs at all. Because it's real talk. You should have respected the bird in 2021. They didn't go 10 and 7. I was close. I was close. I didn't expect them to get swept by the Cowboys. Yeah. I didn't expect them to get swept by the Cowboys. That's pretty much the only thing I got wrong about that schedule. There's something, there's some other things I got wrong about that schedule, but for the most part, the games I said they were going to win, they won. The games I said they was going to lose, they lost. So, you know, I wasn't that far off. But speaking of that last game against the Cowboys, the last game against the Cowboys was all cap like the hockey team. And we all know he's playing our backups. I Okay. But was it really all cap though? No, it, it was still all cap. I know I said that, you know, Washington fans were making excuses when they played all their backups. 
but um, still lost to the Eagles. And then the same thing happened to the Eagles where they was playing their backups and had people in COVID and they got blown out by the Cowboys. And I was making that same excuse. And I was like, I mean, I mean, really, and, and to be honest, the Eagles were in that game up until the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, all the mistakes they were making throughout the game just magnified. Like the whole game, no matter who was in the game, they weren't winning the battle at the line of scrimmage. The secondary looked lost. And that's pretty much it. That's the reason why the Cowboys were giving us that work. But the Eagles were staying in it because the Eagles were able to run the ball. And um, Gardner Minshew wasn't very good, but he was making timely throws, especially in the first half. But that game was capped. Just the fact that the Eagles just gave that type of effort in the first like three quarters just showed me how far they come as a football team and just wait till our starters play next week, which most likely they will play either Tampa Bay or Dallas. Cause what I'm, what I'm thinking is they're going to be the seventh seed. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, so they're going to be seventh, right? Actually, they might be six because they have the tiebreaker over the Saints. And, oh, wait, no, the Saints are not going to beat the Falcons. Nah, I think the Falcons end the Saints season. Um, Yeah. Uh, 49ers, Rams. It doesn't matter. I think the 49ers are going to be in. They're going to be six. So the Eagles will be seventh. And then Tampa Bay will be second because they'll win. The Rams, I guess, will win too. I guess they, all these guys will win. They'll be a three-way tie. And I'm guessing it goes. I'm guessing it goes Tampa Bay Rams Cowboys two three four. Rams plays 49ers again. We gonna see that for a third time. That's interesting. Um, and of course the Rams gonna get all the questions about oh you guys haven't beat the 49ers very much since Shanahan has been there. You know they they're getting these questions this this week, so they're gonna probably get those questions next week. Um, and then you got Cardinals, and you gonna have Cardinals and Cowboys, I assume. So there you go. I expect Eagles at the goat, and I like the Eagles' chances because. First of all, they're a much improved football team. Um, And they didn't even play that well against Tampa Bay the first time, yet they still had a chance to win late in the fourth quarter. I have no idea how Tampa Bay allowed them to be in that game. But then again, this is the same Tampa Bay team I watch get manhandled by the Washington sitcom, who is just mediocre at best maybe it isn't that surprising so for that reason alone i believe the eagles the bird will win at tampa bay it sounds ridiculous especially going against the greatest of all time but it, the, that running game they got and with a decent defense defensive game plan which i'm very worried about because i don't know i'm very concerned about our defensive play calling and our defensive personnel, 
even with even without Antonio Brown on the Bucks, I'm still very worried about those matchups against their pass catchers. But we don't have to worry about that if the offense win the time of possession and keep the Buccaneers off the field. Keep Tom Brady on the sideline. Keep him chilling. And then get them out of rhythm. And the Eagles can slow this game down. And then they can win. And then, hey, we're going to head to Lambeau next week. And then I'll, I'll see if we can win that game. I don't know. That's going to be tough. Aaron Rodgers is another beast. So, <laughs> so we'll see what happens, man. I'm expecting Eagles Bucks. But if it's Eagles Cowboys, nothing would make me happier than to end the Cowboys season. Especially after they beat us twice. All that. Just for them to lose to the bird. That would be a shame. I would love that. It would make my... I don't even care what happens after that. Just ending the Cowboys season would be great. Because remember, Cowboys fans, I'm going to say it one last time. Your ceiling is the second round. I said your ceiling is the second round. Forget about the Super Bowl. Forget about the NFC Championship. The second round is the best you're going to do. So cut it out. Don't even celebrate that last game because you're done. You're finished. You're overrated. Actually, you might be properly rated, but you're, you're done. You're done. Pack it up. Go home. Get ready for next year with all these lofty expectations. But then an improved Eagles team is going to lay the sledgehammer. It's going to be a wrap for you. Just giving you a little preview about next year, by the way. Um, Wow. Okay, before I get to talking about Baker and the Browns versus Steelers, an early look at the schedule next year, you know that 17th game matches up your – you know, if you're an NFC, you get your AFC opponent from two years ago and vice versa. So next year, it would have been two years removed from the NFC East playing the NFC North. I mean, playing the AFC North. So, so far, so far, we got um, Bengals versus Cowboys. Which, if the the two teams keep their players, that's gonna be it's gonna be at Jerry's World, by the way. That could be a game of the year candidate because that's gonna be fireworks on offense. That's gonna be sick. You got Eagles Ravens in Philly. It don't matter Philly Baltimore. They they like an hour and a half away from each other. You know. The fans are going to show up both sides. I'd love to see that. And maybe I'll get to see that with my, my Aunt Diane, who's a really big Ravens fan. Uh, you got Washington football and Steelers at Washington. The last time that happened, I got caught in that traffic going to referee training because I had to go past the stadium to get to my to get to the school where I was training at. And that was the game. Antonio Brown caught it like 
I don't know, two touchdowns? He definitely caught one touchdown. He might have caught two or three. He killed Washington. Well, it won't be no Antonio Brown. It won't be no Big Ben. I don't know how that, that game is going to look without those guys. I don't even know who the Washington quarterback going to be. A lot of questions with those two teams. Um, but, hey, if that happens, there's going to be a lot of Steelers fans in that stadium. And that's a game I might go to, and I even might go to with my man Zach. So we'll see. And then you got Bing, not Bing, you got Browns and Giants at New York. I think the whole Baker Daniel Jones drama, I don't think it was much. No one really cares about it anymore. Um, but I don't know how that game's going to go. Um, assuming the standing stay in place, that's what's going to happen next year. But screw all that. Those matchups are great. But you get Chiefs and Bucks next year because they both won the division. You get Chiefs and Bucks next year. Bro, what? If these teams keep everybody, which I don't think they're going to keep everybody, it's going to be hard. Um, If these teams are pretty much constructed in a similar fashion next year, Chiefs and Bucks in Tampa Bay for the third time in two years, that'd be great. That would be great. And I would love to go. But, you know, I doubt I'll be able to go. I mean, just get up and go to Florida one weekend. Yeah, I don't really have that type of money right now or or time. But we'll see. But, you know, uh, just a sneak peek at the the 2022 schedule. Um, But, yeah, the, uh, I might as well say that instead of the, the playoffs. Yeah, I guess I'll talk about the playoffs next week. I watched the Browns versus Steelers because, you know, I was stuck in the house because, you know, the snow and the whole debate with Liff. Um, Because of that, I was stuck in the snow. I mean, stuck in the house watching this game. I had to see Baker give it one last shot. I thought he was going to come out and, you know, dominate the Steelers. And ruin Big Ben's retirement party. He did not. And he come and he comes out the gate only throwing for twenty yards. And he was my only hope to erasing like a fifty something point deficit in the fantasy playoffs. And he didn't even get anywhere close to that. So credit to Baker. He was having another horrible game. It wasn't all his fault. I mean, it doesn't help that. He has to worry about the pass rush. They had no they had no answer for TJ Watt. Of course you don't when you're starting, you know, four string tackles and you have backup receivers. It's hard. So, I mean, you had your starting tight ends, but I mean, can't get them the ball. What's the point? And of course, Baker Mayfield haters having a field day, and all the talk for like two days was what are they going to do with Baker, especially since Baker announced that he was going to go get surgery and he was going to be shut down for the last game of the season. Baker Mayfield haters, they came out crit walking, Millie rocking, um, doing the gritty, and a lot of Baker haters are Odell lovers, and this is bad for me because I love both guys. 
big Baker Mayfield fan, big OBJ fan. Love watching OBJ plays. Very entertaining. Like both just in a football perspective, just him running routes, his speed, his hands, all that is awesome. And of course, all I like all the showmanship, the the celebrations, and stuff. But um, but yeah, uh, I never really liked that Baker and OBJ got pitted against each other, and that you know both fan, fans of both use one to tear down the other. It's ridiculous. Both are great guys and great players. Um, but yeah, man, the Baker haters just been having a great month of December. They come into January. They out here dancing. You know, they doing every dance in the book. They celebrating. They're loving it. They love being right, apparently. But y'all messed up. You see, I'm telling you, man, Baker is going to be back. He's going to get this surgery. He's going to take everything that happened this season. This was clearly his worst season. He's going to take everything that happened this season Go into the offseason, heal up, get better. And if he plays for the Browns, cool. He has that fifth-year contract. They picked up his fifth-year option. So he's a, he at least has one year with the Browns. So if they can't find their Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or whoever else they think it's better than Baker or who is better than Baker, then – can you even say Russell Wilson's better than Baker after the year he had? Anyway, whatever. Anyway. Or they or if they draft a rookie and decide to go with a rookie. Whatever they decide to do, Baker is going to show and prove that he liked that. So, I think the safe thing for the Browns is to keep Baker. I don't know what they're going to get back for Baker if they ship him out to like a Washington or even a Seattle, or a um, who else would be in a running? Uh, a Giants, a Texans, like a team like even the Broncos, like teams like that. Like I'm not sure what they would get back from those teams. But man, it, they got some tough decisions to make about Baker. I say they let Baker go out there and prove himself. For this fifth year. And if it doesn't work out. You can bench him. Trade him. Or just run this year out. Kind of like this year. Just run the course of this year. Just run the course of this year out. The the course of next year out. And then. Let him walk. Because his contract will be up. And then he'll probably get much less money. If he plays average to below average. Next year. He'll get much less money in the open market. So that's that's where it can go. But, you know, believing in Baker like I believe in him, I think he's going to have a hell of a season. And he's going to force the Browns to re-sign him. And if they don't, they have to trade him. Because they're going to lose out on a lot of value if, if saying that Baker Mayfield balls out they're going to lose a lot of value in return. So, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, man, wait a minute now. Green Bay losing to the Lions. 
Oh, God. Wow. Bruh. Aaron Rodgers just threw a pick, bruh. With like a minute to go. And it looks like they're going to lose. 13 and 4. 13 and 4. And that means you know that opens the door for the Bucks. Oh, wow. The Eagles might have to go to Lambeau. I don't like that matchup. But hey, why not? Why not? Why not the Eagles? I mean, we went to Lambeau two years ago and ran the ball down their throats and won the game. So why not? Why not this year, too, with a better team than two years ago? <sighs> Crazy stuff happening in the NFL. Uh, all right, real quick. Fantasy football frustration. I kind of talked about it just a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I only won one title. Seven teams, one title. Four semifinal losses. So I had a team that was favored by 70 points that end up losing by 40. Because the other guy had Jamar Chase. And and, and this ain't even the worst part. He had two inactives. And on my side, no one scored over 20 except one person. Darrell Williams. And where was he? On the bench. Because I decided to outsmart myself and start Jordan Howard over Darrell Williams. And Jordan Howard only had two fantasy points. Because I had no clue that Boston Scott was going to get all those carries. And especially in the goal line, he scored twice in the goal line. That was supposed to be Jordan Howard. It's ridiculous, man. And then, you know what I'm saying? The listener league where I put up $20, I lost. I got blown out of the semifinals. One of my GOAT level teams had a bad second half after I made a bad trade where I traded away Justin Jefferson, who led the league, or he was second in receiving yards. But I traded him for Boyd and... um, Drake, because I needed an extra running back because I I think I lost a running back. I don't know what happened. Somebody got hurt, and I I had to – I needed another running back. And I didn't want to do it. I shouldn't have did it. And then everything just went downhill from there. I did enough to get in the playoffs, but I lost in the first round. I got blown out of the first round. So I got another team. So then I got another team. So I think I brought up the most important team, the one with my college friends. So the one with my college friends, I think that was the third time I've been in the semifinals, but I've never made it past the semifinals. This was my best. This was the best team I've ever had. Okay. Derrick Henry gets hurt midseason. No problem. I'm still beating everybody. I still beat everybody. I lost to Greg twice, which I don't understand, Um, especially the second time. I lost to Neville, who had the number one seed. I lost him by one because Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields decided to put on a show against Green Bay, which I don't get. Um, And I think I didn't start the right person. 
and then I lose in the semifinal to Matt, the guy who pretty much begged me to trade DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen the entire season. Man, you know what? The very last time he asked me for DeAndre Hopkins, I was very close to doing it because at that point, DeAndre Hopkins was injury prone and he wasn't performing well. And this guy still wanted him. But I was like, okay, DeAndre Hopkins might be healthy for the playoffs. I denied the trade. And pretty much Matt just quit asking me after that. He quit asking me after that. And he quit asking me for Hopkins after that. But I should have traded him. Well, what I got in return didn't really do any. What I would have got in return didn't really do anything either. Like Thielen, Thielen was hurt too. But maybe I could have asked for somebody else on his team and I could have got him and who knows, that could have been a difference. And he, and also Matt picked up a Monroe St. Brown, the hottest, one of the hottest, most underrated fantasy players in the league at the time. I mean, this whole, like, last two months of the season, he'd been on fire. He got him. He went off against me. I got uh, Peoples-Jones because Jalen Waddle had COVID. That's another thing. Jalen Waddle is one of the best receivers in the league this year. And he was out because of COVID. So I didn't have him, Derrick Henry, and – um. That's the main reason, and I and I benched Sony Michelle for Donovan Peoples Jones and Rondell Moore. Make it make sense. So I lost that by five. I I do one of those things right, and I beat Matt. And I'm going against my man Zach, just like football, and I'm going just like baseball. I'm going against him for the championship, and maybe I win that and get my revenge for baseball. But no. No, that's what happened, and I'm out of another title. So I've yet to win a title in this in this league with my friends. It's annoying, and, you know, it'll happen one day because I had a very good team. I mean, come on, I had Rodgers, Kittle, Josh Jacobs, um, freaking Waddle, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, Elijah Moore before he got hurt. Man, my team was loaded. Loaded. That team should have won it all, but they didn't. Because of some questionable decisions from me and some just unlucky injury and sickness. Unbelievable. Um, What are my other teams that choked? I mean, okay, my Washington sitcom team on NFL.com. I won another title on NFL.com because... I got put in another league that where everyone was inactive and I just took advantage of it. And, you know, I almost lost the semifinal and the final because in the semifinal, I don't know, maybe I didn't start enough people or somebody got hurt. Um, Somebody got hurt. But uh, what else? In the championship I benched Jamar Chase and picked up Renfro and St. Brown. 
St. Brown was fine. He got another 20 fantasy points. But Chase had 55 and Renfro had like 15 or something. It's just, wow. It's just another questionable decision by me. It's just me trying to just overthink and outsmart myself when I really didn't need to. And it almost cost me a championship against an inactive that was that bench two people. I mean, that had two people starting that was on IR. You can't be serious. Anyway, just fantasy football, man. I'm done. Oh, Jordan Love threw another pick. Oh, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers throwing those picks, by the way. It was, it, it, oh my God, Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love looking pitiful in this fourth quarter. Jesus. So much for that number one CE, right? No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I think the Packers clinched the number one seed, if I'm not mistaken. I, yeah, I think they clinched the number one seed. So this game didn't matter. But hey, it, this was good for the Lions, I guess. 3 13 and 1. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, man. All right, let's get to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. <laughs> man, what? What? It just came out of nowhere while I was stuck in the house watching football or no, I'm pretty sure I did lift. Yeah, I think I did. I did do lift. Well, I was in the house watching football. He comes out of nowhere and does the stunt with the Bucks, where he just takes off his shirt and stuff. I knew it was probably about targets and catches. And that's what Bruce Arians ends up saying. And the GM ends up saying that they, um, Antonio Brown, his lawyers, wanted his incentives guaranteed. And they're not going to do that from a business standpoint. I mean, why? You just, you just better be glad you're on the team. Why would I guarantee you more money where, you know, you broke rules, you've been injury prone, your liability why would I commit more money? Doesn't make sense. So he acts out. He goes crazy. I was like, you know, if I'm going to do all that, I might as well just stay in New York for a while. And he did, man. He hanging with Fabulous. He courtside at the Nets game. He's sending strippers to his room. Like, this dude, this dude was wilding out, bro. I'm not going to lie. Um... Nah, he was wild out. <laughs> and then, you know, he said he was hurt and, you know, he's trying to make it seem like the coaches trying to put him back in the game because he was hurt. And that might have been true. I don't know who's lying. Either Bruce Arians lying or he's lying. And every sign is pointing towards him lying because it's just multiple people that can account for Bruce Arians' side of the story and Antonio Brown has a history of acting out when he isn't getting the ball when he wants the ball. And it's just like, mm, man. Antonio Brown. Wow, man. If he was normal mentally and emotionally, he'd be so rich. He'd be making even more money. He'd be shattering the record books. But he's just it's just something... That's off mentally and emotionally. That's why he's doing all this. This it can't be because it's just the stuff he does. He's doing just makes no sense. 
It makes zero sense. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, man. Just he he just need help for real. Uh, let's see. Let's see, man. Some of this stuff I can just talk about later. But OK, Dylan Gabriel, no sooner schooner. I don't have to bring out the schooner. You know what it is. You know what it is. Dylan Gabriel's a sooner. He played for UCF. Hold on, man. I'm about to turn this Ravens game. I mean, wow. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, my God. Uh, Dylan Gabriel. So, he's on some of them successful UCF teams with uh, Lebby and uh, Lebby was his offensive coordinator, I believe, or maybe his position coach. And, uh, of course, I think his head coach was uh, how is this? Josh Heupel, yeah, who was coaching when I was at OU. And, of course, he's the last Heisman, not Heisman, the last national championship winning quarterback at OU. So, yeah. Strong ties to our current coaching staff. And, um, yeah, that makes sense. He knows the offense, and he has a relationship with Lebby. And there was a lot of indecision with Caleb Williams. My best theory is, because Caleb Williams is in the transfer portal, and he's supposed to be visiting USC as we speak, and Mario Williams too, to maybe link up with Lincoln Riley. And, of course, a lot of Sooner fans don't like that. But I kind of understand, because my guess is, if you're any type of competitor and have, you know, a relationship with your teammates and really, you know, you really want to finish this season out, win this last game with your brothers, your boys. Um, he wanted to finish this season out and just worry about the rest of the decisions later. So he did that. Then he was still waffling. And then he ends up coming around to like, OK, I'm going to enter the portal. I still might come back because I made such relations, such great relationships with all these guys at Oklahoma and the new coaching staff seems legit. So I might still come back. But then, you know, they signed Dylan Gabriel. That's one dagger. You know, they got that Everest kid, too. And, you know, Mario Williams in the transfer portal. That's another dagger. But the Dylan Gabriel thing, once I saw that, I was like, I don't think Caleb Williams is coming back. It'd be great if he comes back. And then he has a quarterback competition with Dylan Gabriel. But I don't think he's coming back. I think he's going to either USC or Ole Miss. So Lane Kiffin or Lincoln Riley. I'm just keeping real with you. And he'll be in the NFL in about a year or two anyway. So it is what it is. Um, all this talk about USC still in our recruits and Lincoln Riley still in the coaching staffs and stuff. It don't matter. The one thing I haven't seen is a defense. What kind of defense do these guys have? Other than they got, you know, they got Mr. Grinch, who I guess he was cool, man. I guess he was all right. I mean, he's better than Mike Stoops, but I mean. The second incarnation of Mike Stoops being better than that. Like, what kind of bar is that you're setting? But, yeah. So, you got him. 
But what players, what recruits do you have that makes your defense legit? Do they have a defense? But you look at Lincoln Rollins' tenure. We never really, really had that great of a defense. I think the last two years they were all right. But other than that, no. I mean, during Lincoln Riley's tenure as a coordinator and head coach, he had some pretty bad defenses. So that's the right on brand with them. So I I'm, I shouldn't really worry too much about uh, OU football because they've been winning and they're going to keep winning. And that's that's pretty much it. So Casey Thompson hit the portal, which I wasn't expecting, but I should have expected. I mean, I guess you got that card kid that's still there. And then you got the big one is this, uh, that, that QB, uh, Quinn Ewers. You got him. So now you got Casey Thompson. Yeah. He just decides to, you know, dip out. So I see his list and his list has Nebraska, Arkansas, and Oklahoma, I think. I think it had like one other team on there. I think it had Auburn too. And maybe a Big Ten, another Big Ten team. But that was his list. I was like, Casey Thompson at Oklahoma. You know, obviously I went to school with his brother. His brother came to OU a semester before me and graduated from undergrad the same semester I did. So I definitely remember his brother. I ran over him at the Huff when we were playing basketball. I don't know what I was doing. I was trying to Euro step, but I ran over him. I don't know. I'll never forget that. That was revenge for him locking me up freshman year when we were playing pickup. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, So his brother played there, didn't really get much playing time. He did okay at at Utah when he transferred. Uh, I don't know much about his father, but his father played QB for OU. That's where the family tree started. So he had a heck of a game against us with Texas. A heck of a game. A legendary game. But OU was just better. Kennedy Brooks stole the show. So he's pretty good, and then just the bottom fell out on their team, and you know Texas all but moved on with an, with that kid from Texas that went to Ohio State, Quinn Ewers. So then he ends up in the portal, and I'm just like, hmm, I wouldn't mind having him. He would have to compete with Dylan Gabriel, and I guess Evers. You have to compete for that spot, but I'd love to have him, especially if he wins the competition. You know, it's in his family tree. But, you know, I knew it was probably unlikely he came here. So instead, he goes to Nebraska, and we might be going against him again in September in Lincoln. You know, bring it on. Beat this guy before, we can beat him again. But yeah, I you know, I, I definitely wouldn't mind having Casey Thompson, but you know it is what it is. Uh let's see real quick. So Kyrie is back. I love it. Uh about time. Kyrie's black. He scored like twenty something against 
the Pacers, and at the same time, Lance Stevenson had 30-something in the same game for the Pacers. And I'm just like, man, these guys coming back out of the woodwork. I just seen Darren Collinson playing. I mean, wow, who's next? <laughs> you know, it's good to see these guys still doing well, and Kyrie is still fun to watch. I still don't know if he's going to play in D.C. on January 19th. Because our mandate goes into effect on January 15th. So I don't know if that includes visiting basketball players. We'll find out very soon. But he gets to play in road games. He's a part-time player. I don't think New York's changing their mandate anytime soon. There's enough time. There is enough time for them to change it before the playoffs. But the way COVID is going, I don't think they're going to. But it's good to have him back, even in a limited capacity. Same thing with, well, Clay is going to play about every game. Unless his knee or or foot flares up, he's, he's going to be out there full time. And I get to see him on March 27th, God willing. And I can't wait. The Wizards are up and down. They beat the Hornets finally. They beat the Hornets finally. Thank God. They had a great fourth quarter against them. They were down by double digits as usual, but they limited Terry Rozier and they won that game. Thank God. He had a heartbreaker against the Bulls the first time, a game I really wanted to go to, but I decided to do lift instead, so I didn't go, and I missed a hell of a game. Who they lose to after that? I... Ah, Lord, I forgot. I just know that they end up playing the Bulls again, and they got blown out. So, you know, Wizards Wizards up and down, bro. What a catch by Najee Harris. You'll you'll see that, though. You would have seen that by now, um, by the time you listen to this. But, you know, Wizards up and down, looking like a playing team. So, I just hope. That and Kuzma, Kuzma doing his thing. He was really clutch against the Hornets, just going completely off. So, you know, with Kuzma playing the way he playing and Bradley Bill playing the way he usually plays, we got just enough to make the play in tourney, and then then it's just about beating New York and Atlanta probably. Well, you got to play one of them most likely. Or Indiana. Yeah, that's going to be tough, especially you got someone like Lance Stevenson coming off the bench. That's going to be tough. So I wonder when Rui comes back. I'm sure he's coming back soon in a regular role. I want to see the development of Denny Avia. And then, you know, Thomas Bryant, where is he he going to be playing? And Trez, Trez, when are we going to get Trez back? I mean, we'll see, man. At the end of the day, this is the team is going to go where Brad, Gafford, and Kuzma goes. I'll talk about the Caps another time. I mean, I guess they they dropped like two games. They got blown out by St. Louis. I don't know what they were doing, um, but they're still pretty much on top of the league. Uh, they they tried they tried to choke another three zero lead against Nashville. But they they held on for that. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'll get back to them later. I just hope they 
it just seems like the cycle is is coming back on. Like the the, the cycle of them going through a mid-season slump and then picking it up just to choke in the playoffs. Um, We'll see. Uh, Okay. Right before I get to the hypothetical game of the episode, the CFP sucked. Mismatches all over the place. Cincinnati did what people expected. Their, Their defense held up. They forced some field goals. They held Alabama to 27 points, but their offense couldn't do anything. They were completely outmatched at the line of scrimmage. Desmond Ritter couldn't really get the ball downfield, and they just got choked out. So, yeah, they lost. What a joke. It wasn't that competitive. Oh, and Cincinnati gave up, I don't know, like 250 yards rushing. Not competitive. A joke. And then Georgia. Georgia just completely destroyed Michigan. It took like five minutes for me to realize that Michigan just didn't belong on the same field as Georgia. They made Aiden Hutchinson just look like just a pretty good player instead of the second best player in the country. They just made him look like just a pretty good player. And that, that sucked. But they got Michigan up out of there. They choked them out defensively and offensively. They just just too much speed. And they got them up out of there. So now Alabama versus Georgia tomorrow. I'm going to be cooking out hot dogs, hamburgers. And I'm going to sit back and watch the game. And I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be fire. (laughs) Ha ha. Oh, man. The New Year's Six Bowl games were better. Ohio State and Utah was a classic. That was an instant classic. I don't know. Baylor and the Ole Miss, I didn't really watch it, but my man got hurt, and that that sucked. Matt Corral got hurt, which he's probably going to go to the Washington football team. I'm sure that's a big blow to their draft plans. But, you know, we'll see. See, they still might pick them. Anyway, do you know what time it is? It's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is the second annual GOAT Level Bowl. Last year it was, you know, it's pretty much the toilet bowl. The toilet, it's pretty much the toilet bowl between Kansas and Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt won by like 40 and Sarah Fuller kicked some field goals. It was crazy. It was insane. Um, <laughs> Those two teams, it, it was funny. But, you know, since it's a hypothetical, we can do any team we want in the GOAT level bowl until the GOAT level bowl ends up becoming a real thing, which it will one day. The GOAT level bowl will be a real thing. I mean, come on. There's a Cheez-It bowl and a Duke Mayo bowl. Like, a GOAT level bowl can happen. Come on. Anyway, this time, this year, it's two made-up teams from the movie National Champions. I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see who won 
between the Missouri Wolves and the Cougars. They didn't say what state the Cougars were from, so I'm just going to say they were the Texas Cougars. Screw it. But yeah, that basically what that movie is about, the Heisman winner and you know conference championship winner from the SEC, LaMarcus James, decides to boycott the national championship game until all players got paid. What a storyline. Just imagine Bryce Young doing that. Just imagine Joe Burrow doing that. Just imagine. It would be crazy. And this and, and looking at this movie, he was he pretty much succeeded to the very end. NCAA people play dirty. He still sat out, his friends still sat out, but everyone else ended up playing. They reached some sort of a deal, so something got done. But basically, man, yeah, I guess both sides had to compromise, and that's how it ended. We didn't get to find out who won the damn game. So I'm just going to speculate, though. So in this game, it's at the Superdome. But instead of the national championship, you're playing for the GOAT trophy. You're playing for the Golden GOAT trophy. Nola Marcus James, the Heisman winning number one pick in the draft, eventually quarterback. No, and his and his friend and top target, Emmett Sunday, is not playing. But on the other side, you have Cecil Burgess the All-American running back and who's probably top three in the Heisman race. And Rock Meredith, uh, I guess his his good friend, who's big guy, I guess he was a D-tackle. So, yeah, there you go. Um, instead, so this part I kind of made up. So instead of Marcus James, you got Leo Marley, a five-star backup who was going to take over the team next year when LaMarcus leaves. Instead, he's going to end up playing, and we're going to get to see him. So here we go. The Wolves get the ball first, and on the second play of the game, they do a, um, a reverse, a wide receiver reverse, where they hand it off to the running back. The wide receiver comes around, they toss it to him. And he takes it all the way for the touchdown, 76 yards. And just like that, it's 7-0 Missouri Wolves. The Cougars go three and out. They're bottling Cecil Burgess. He's not going anywhere. And then they get the ball back. Immediately, 15-yard run. Then Leo Marley throws a deep out for a first down. Then they get another first down. But the drive stalls and they kick a field goal, 10 nothing, Wolves. So then Cecil Burgess can't get anything going. Smothered on two more runs. And Missouri is just winning the battle at the line of scrimmage. But what really turned the game around for the Cougars is third down. They have a long post play. For about 60 yards, for about 50 yards, that gets them into the Wolves' territory, deep into the Wolves' territory. And then they, then another 11-yard catch, then a 7-yard run by Burgess, and then he punches it in for 2 yards. Touchdown, and it's 10-7 Wolves. So it remained 10-7 after a quarter. 
The defense has kind of slowed everything down. So the Cougars end up with a field goal before the half is over. And it's 10-10, tied up at halftime. Wolves with a backup quarterback. The Cougars pretty much got their whole team. Um, So then, let's see. Okay, then Cecil Burgess breaks through the middle, stiff arms to safety, 80-yard touchdown, 17-10 Cougars. The teams exchange three and outs. And then the Wolves put another really good drive together. And it ended with Leo Marley throwing a 21-yard corner route for TD to the slot receiver. And it is 17-17 going into the fourth quarter. Um, so a field goal from the Cougars early in the fourth makes it 20-17. So the, the drives stall out from both teams. But then the Wolves go for it. On fourth and three at the 38 of the Cougars. They don't get it. Rock Meredith with a tackle for a loss. So then the Cougars get two first downs right after that. And then a dagger from Cecil Burgess. 40 yards where he outruns the safety and scores. Cecil Burgess is really showing why he was top three in the Heisman race and an All-American. So then the Wolves, 434 left. They're running out of time, down 10. Uh, Freshman, five-star quarterback. Third and 10, on 33. Marley gets hit, fumbles. Rock Meredith scoops and score, and that is pretty much a wrap. 34-17. He celebrates with some dance moves, and the team's going crazy. They get a penalty for it, but their kicker still drills the field goal. 34-17. The Wolves go on a long desperation drive, but come up empty on fourth down at the Cougars 15, and that's pretty much it. The Cougars nail the clock out. They win the GOAT level bowl. They win the trophy. And that's it. You know, their coach, James Laser, the the Missouri Wolves coach James Laser, his future is uncertain. And there you go. Um, Cougars win 34-17. Leo Marley, 24 for 37, 230 yards, a touchdown, interception, and a fumble. Cecil Burgess for the Cougars, 25 carries, 174 yards, three touchdowns, and he is the MVP of the game. So that is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.